0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Rodney DeBolsey. I'll be with you for the next hour or so. I'm joined by Jim Donnan, the Georgia former head coach, the guy who you were all here to see and to get his takes on G-Day. We had G-Day this past weekend, the inter-squad scrimmage for the Georgia Bulldogs. And we got to see a lot of stuff, and we had a lot of questions answered, and we're going to get Coach Donnan's takes on those. We're also joined by Dane Young, who brings something to the show. We're not sure what, uh, but... But he's here. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll share with him as well. So uh, get your questions in in the comment section there. If you want to have your questions answered on air, uh, please share this with your friends. Hit the like button. We'd appreciate that. And uh, we will uh, mention our sponsors later on in the show. We'll try to get through them quick. I know you guys don't like to hear from the sponsors, but hey, without the sponsors, we're not here. So uh, we have to. I give our love to Europe, I, and Athens, Ford, folks like that. Anyway, Coach, uh, G-Day was here. A lot of people, the stadium was kind of full. Uh, granted, half the stadium was shut down because they're doing construction over there, but the part that they did allow people in, the kind of the horseshoe effect, was a lot of people there to see their Georgia Bulldogs, to celebrate uh, back-to-back national championships, to uh, see the new Ugga 11, boom, to see him get his collar. So a lot of butts were in seats to watch uh, Mike Bobo and watch the quarterback uh, competition. So kind of give me your overall thoughts on G-Day, Coach.
1: It was uh, unquestionably the best spring game I've ever seen in my years of coaching, strictly because of the personnel standpoint that you had those 21 uh, new players and you add the three transfers, 24 guys, a couple of them maybe were hurt. But, you you know, usually when you have a game, you don't have your seniors or your guys that left early for the draft. Uh, Your squad's diminished, so there's a really big drop-off between uh, the the pairings on the field. But we didn't see that Saturday. We saw a very competitive, highly spirited game that was uh, completely contested within the realm of, of the way they had it set up. And it was a good showcase of the talent structure here at the University of Georgia, which to me is just a wow factor. I mean, just uh, trying to go keep it in perspective and everything, but uh, there's no question, talent wise, that this is a squad that has tremendous potential, uh, depth wise, uh, filling the holes of the guys we lost. And when you think about the guys that didn't play, like, Michael Williams and Branson Robinson and Kendall Milton, and just go on and on and on. And you add that to the collection of guys you saw, you feel like that this team is not going to miss a beat. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things you got to do is be objective and everybody looks about what's wrong, but there's so many things that are right about this that right. uh, just want to pinch yourself. So rather than just go on and on and be, uh, you know, talk about my perspective. I'd rather answer more distinct questions. But uh, from a coaching perspective, the uh, the ability to uh, compete against each other, to show more than a vanilla defense. They brought different pressures. To show more than a vanilla offense. They lined up in different groupings, used different motion shifts. And it, it wasn't something where they just kept everything under the vest and uh, said, hey, we're just going to get out there and get the game over. It was one you can analyze and, and and grade and see how these guys react. I did feel like that Brock Vandergrip was at a distinct disadvantage because the things that he does that separate him from a lot of quarterbacks in the country, the neck the bootlegs, the zone reads, the quarterback counter, the quarterback draws that he ran all spring and made himself in the mix for quarterback. He didn't see any of that Saturday, so they held that back, and it really uh, had everybody you know, going more about what Beck could do, which Beck did a tremendous job, and he's done a tremendous job, but I don't think everybody saw the true Brock Vandergriff about what Mike Bobo's brought out to make this the competitive situation that we have right now. So as much as everybody wants to anoint Beck and say that he's the guy, and he certainly deserves – the first shot, I think you got to be careful about uh, not going about what Vandergriff can do because you saw that one move that he made when he ran right around the defense there. He didn't play with the best receivers. He didn't play with the best line. He did for a little bit. But uh, Carson Beck was very impressive. Uh, He's been impressive for for, uh, a long time now. And uh, we've got a very good situation there at quarterback, very good.
0: Because I kind of felt that um, after it was over, the general population, and I saw this from a lot of pundits who basically said, look, there is no quarterback controversy. It's done. Carson Beck's the guy. So you're making a very interesting point there about, you know, we didn't see what Brock Vandenberg could do. But, you know, from a statistical standpoint, and, again, I am the first person to crap on stats from G-Day because they are a mixed bag. But a lot of people just felt like, oh, well, this Carson head and shoulders, it's, it's, it's a done deal. But I thought, you know, there were points that, like you're talking about, how uh, Brock Vandegrift. We didn't get to see some of the stuff he could do. But I'm like, Gunner's no slouch. You know that that kid can ball. And it feels like Georgia does have three quarterbacks. But I'm hesitant to say that Georgia has a a alpha quarterback, a a a guy who's just head and shoulders above the others. So I hate to say it, but you know, they say if you don't have, you know, if you got three quarterbacks, you don't have one. I think you got three quarterbacks and. Any of them could do it. I just
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think we're we're not at that point where you say, well, you know, if you got, you, you don't have a distinct guy. I mean, any one of those three could be a distinct guy. They just got the situation where the other people are behind them or among them, and you, you've got to look at from a coach's standpoint what gives you the best chance to win, not only against UT Martin but Alabama, everybody else. You got to look at the whole schedule and see. Uh, that's the way you build this team. That's the way Kirby's built this program is uh, can this guy beat these people? That's that's the structure he brings when he sets up the recruiting deal. So uh, it'll, it'll be an uh, interesting s- summer and fall camp. And uh, that's the way if I'm Beck or I'm Vandergriff or anybody else, that's the way I, I would like it. I want somebody to challenge me the whole time. You know, you just you like to know you're the guy and that's certainly going to be a situation where they'll make that distinction. But you also uh, like the competitive nature. And I I think talking to some people around the country that, you know, people ask me, some of my friends, you know, watch the game on TV and and ask me about things. But the overriding thing about Georgia's team week in and week out is the way they practice against each other and test each other, which makes them better. And it's kind of a self-survival situation and they, you, you got to go out there every day and produce. You gotta, you gotta do things that uh, uh, demands are placed on you to see how you react to pressure. And then the games are, are, are still pressure packed. But you've been in that scenario, and uh, so that's one thing about this show that helps us maybe a little bit telling our fans is that our team's preparation really uh, helps you uh, get ready for for the uh, grind that we're getting ready to have, and. Uh, I feel good about the comp- competitive level out there. And you, it makes a guy like you, – you You look at a guy like Green and Everett and uh, Humphreys, they've been going one-on-one against these guys all last fall and all throughout the spring, and it really helps their cover skills. And that's why all of a sudden last year when Kamari Lester jumps in there and say, man, this guy's a player he just didn't become a player overnight. He got the dog manure coached out of him for a long time. And he had techniques. <laughs> in the summer when, when then they knew we was ready to go. And that's why he played like that. So we've got very effective coaches that understand the, the what needs to be done to make them uh, get them ready for the, for the big haul there. So, uh what you got there, uh, Dane, uh, I know you uh, You guys were right on it after the game. You and Brent were analyzing the game. Uh, uh. Yeah, I
2: have two th- on, on quarterback, and one of it is one of the things with Stetson Bennett when he first became the starter at Georgia, and we said on the show it's because of the added mobility that he brings, and then you start seeing Georgia left tackles go in the first round of an NFL draft, not giving up sacks and all those things. Cannot I underestimate that? having mobility as a quarterback is something that's going to be required in college football. Beck's a little more mobile than what people probably think nationally, but Vandergrift probably is too. He's a really, really, really good runner. So that's why I think this is going to go a long ways into the comment, Roddy, because I saw this a lot from media fans alike of saying, why is Georgia even going through this ruse? It looks like Carson Beck is clearly the number one quarterback. Yeah. There's all that. Look, they're to me to not name anyone. If I'm Kirby smart is I want to see how these guys act into the summer when we're having them every single day. I want to see who acts like the professional leader of the team who can galvanize those people. I think the summer is pretty critical in that because if the guys falters in that
1: area, it makes it a pretty easy decision in the fall. Right. And let's give it credit where credit is due. I mean, these people are ranking around the country, ranking the top coach in the country and now, they got Kirby over Nick Samen. Don't you think if he felt like somebody was the guy right now that he would say it? Uh, I mean, I, I just feel like two things here that you just brought up. One, <clears throat> Beck certainly is a lot better at moving around than people give him credit for. And Vandergrift's a lot better passer than the people give him credit for. So the two of them uh, have uh, distinct traits, that's for sure but there's not many quarterbacks in the country. I'm talking about anywhere that has the mobility and the size that, uh, that you got with, uh, Vandergriff, the guy is almost 220 so close to six, three and a half and can run a four five. So, I mean, that is, uh, that's pretty, <coughs> it's pretty. Strange.
0: He's a big boy. I, I kind of felt bad for Gunner, even though I was just taking up for him. He just, uh, he looks like almost like a little brother out there to a couple of those guys because they're 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 big. I mean, you go from having Stetson Bennett out there at you know five eleven, and then you Carson Beck, who's what six three. He's a he's a big boy, and then Brock Vandergrift's a, a kind of a giant. And then uh, I kind of feel more comfortable looking at uh, Gunner yeah, I'm like, yeah, you look you look like what the Georgia quarterbacks look like the last couple of years. He's uh, i not
1: feel sorry for Gunnar. I guarantee I, you. I, that thing, I, right? I love it. Bring, bring his lunch, bell and
0: we'll be glad we have him, that's for sure. And, and he, He'll yeah. truck you. He'll run you over. He, he's 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 it. And I'm just trying to say that that guy is uh I, I don't, I think it's a two-man race right now. I think a lot of people riding off Brock were um uh, dumb to do so. And we, we go into the G-Day game saying, don't read too much into it. Then we watch the g game, and we come out of it going, well, here's exactly what we know. And I'm like, that's that ain't how it works, man. Come on. We're, we're the ones I supposed to be. The,
2: to to Coach's first point, though, I, I think that Georgia's talent is such that they could probably go 10 and 2 with Jackson Must Champ. And that's not a shot at him. I just, you know, no, you really, and I could throw me back there if I know really? where the ball should yeah. go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we used, to, we used to comment about some teams that I pick out who the bus driver is and let him play that day, you know, um, some, but we got, the, the biggest thing for me, beside what I've already said, and I wanted to bring this out, is it's just going to be a quantum leap on our defense from last year to this year, kind of like it was in, to 2021. and you know, All of a sudden, that defense was just just suffocating. I think we're going to see the same thing with this defense because our back end is going to be so much better and we're not going to give up all those yards against a team that can run and pass like Ohio State or LSU you know what i'm saying it's it's just uh, we're going to be we're going to be so much better on the back end and then again we play without small munden who's an unbelievable linebacker uh, but you got the chance to see what uh, sorry could do and you saw those two freshmen that we talked about uh five and uh, CJ i mean these guys uh, not, not to mention bowls coming in here in, in the summer. Um, and I think about four weeks ago, I said, we got three or four linebackers coming in here that look exactly like Roquan Smith. I mean, they look like Roquan on the hook. Now, whether they'll play like him, uh, that remains to be seen. I mean, there's not many guys that can play in a phone booth and knock a guard back and then go back 27 yards in the end zone and knock a pass down like Roquan Smith can. But uh, I think we we certainly got some athletes there. And then the edge guys, which we haven't been as good on the edge, particularly with Smith uh, getting hurt and then Anderson, uh, you know, know, having his situation where he got suspended. Uh, I I just see these edge guys putting a lot more pressure on the quarterbacks than we've had. I think it's going to be good.
0: Yeah, I was watching the defense out there, and – I think your first observation about, you know, best G-Day you've ever seen, uh, I think I texted some people, I'm like, this is a squad. And I know how many people they lost. And that was kind of my biggest surprise last year was them going 15-0 after losing you know 28 players, 15 to the uh, NFL and 13 to the portal. And you're going to lose a bunch of players this year. We, we had portal lose breaking right before uh, the Georgia play. We heard the Bear Alexander put his name in the portal. About half hour before G-Day kicked off or something like that, right in the middle of G-Day, uh, not quite half, but point being it was very uh, sudden and abrupt, uh, and you start thinking, wow, they've lost a whole batch of players again. You know, how are they going to rebuild? And you look at those three new outside linebackers in Pemba, uh, Gabe Harris or uh, Wilson, they're monsters. And you saw Raylan Wilson. And remember, I was kind of joking about my guys who would be standouts and coach, you jumped on me saying, what about number five? <laughs> Raylan Wilson, inside linebacker. He looked great. CJ Allen great. EJ Lightsey put up a bunch of people. We forgot about EJ Lightsey. That guy's put it up. CJ Madden we kind of forgot about him. He put up some good numbers. Xavier uh, Sori, who you just mentioned, that was a guy that wasn't on top of mind who steps in uh, at the last second when uh, Small goes down. I think he, he led his side in tackles or something. Point being, Kirby was asked about Bear Alexander leaving, and uh, a couple, I think he was asked about a couple other players. And he kept saying, "I like the depth. I like the depth. I like the depth." And that's without Jalen Carter out there. You know, without uh, uh, you know Bear Alexander, you still got to be excited about Georgia's defensive front. You know, the back end was susceptible last year, and you had you didn't you went a couple toward the most important part of the season. You had no edge pressure. I just good luck scoring on these guys. Yeah, I think uh, when you look when you add
1: Michael Williams to that group, who's among the best players in the country now, you you've got to say he was All American freshman. He, he he was one of the few guys that could put the pressure on Paris Johnson for Ohio State. Uh, he's just a difference maker guy. I mean, he's the kind of guy that every team likes to have, like a Will Anderson or uh, or a Nolan Smith here. I mean, he he's gonna make three or four wild plays a game, and then you add Small London in there, and then all of a sudden, you made that really good tactical move that uh, Kirby uh, brought about. I guess he must have talked to Roddy about it because I didn't know about it. That Roddy said they'd move Bullard to safety. But that, you know, last year I kind of busted up on Bullard a little bit as far as one of his weaknesses was covering people in the slot. He was a stone cold guy breaking up plays and, and supporting a run and good on zone, but not a real good cover guy. Well, he, you know, back there in safety, he's just. It's just a natural middle of the field half guy. He can do all that stuff, and then you got Dan Jackson coming off of injury gives you more depth, and Ty Key's starting to come around. But but the guy great
0: interception Tyke Smith had. The
1: guy that just scares me to look at him. Like I wouldn't want to. I would want to say yes sir to him. Is Joe Aguero man. I mean that guy. I mean he's really? kind of kind of got that Mike Tyson look to him. I mean, <laughs> Like he said, you know, hey, yes, sir, I'm not, I'm not gonna get in your way. I mean, what about that hit he made? So, I, I know when uh, killed man. When I went to uh, with Will Muschamp up to uh, watch his son play in the championship game up in uh, in Chattanooga, he was talking about, you know, that they were getting ready to play uh, LSU on Sun Saturday, and then he was going on the road with Kirby. And I said, where are you going? He said, we're going to see Aguero. So we're going right up there on Sunday. So to me, that made me feel like that was a guy they want to make sure of, of all the places. I mean, if you go in there as a head coach, the first day you can go recruiting and you say, look, I hope this makes a point to you that I can go see a lot of guys today. But the first I'm in the home first is you. To me, I mean, you don't brag about it. You just make that saying point that, look, this is where I am. I'm in Connecticut or wherever it was, and I'm up here to make sure that you're coming to Georgia. And that guy just looks like the kind of person you want as as, as playing in, at the star position. I mean, man, this stuff.
2: When, when Kirby care. prioritizes those I'm, in the first group of the cycle, he rarely misses. If you remember, one of the first things the job was go up to Washington and see Jacob Eason.
1: Yeah, I got it. I gotta cut it back a little bit. I'm going a little bit overboard on these kids. But (laughs) it's just it's poison, coach. They're gonna have to go on and do it. But when I say the best G Day, I'm just talking about the most competitive where you just don't have one group and then everybody else, you're just trying to get the game over with the clock and everything. But here's some of my concerns, which I wanna make sure I was gonna get this before the first commercial. I worry about our O line depth. I mean, we've got players there but not many of them that have played, you know, after the first group. And it's very – and Kirby said it's very – we haven't gone through a whole year with the same two tackles the whole year. I mean, guys get hurt. People got to move around. Uh, Van Fran's been in there every snap at center. All of a sudden you got a new guy at center. What's going to happen? That worries me. Uh, Even though we got good-looking young tight ends – uh, Delph and and Lucky haven't played much, you know what I mean. And we we want to run twelve personnel. I think they're going to be good, and the schedule is going to help you. Uh, we got to center in. You can't. We got so many receivers, but you got to just figure out who's going to be left out. Is it going to be Ra Ra instead of Bell? Is it going to be Bell instead of Ra Ra? We know Rosemi's going to be out there, and then in the slot, what's going to happen to some of these slot guys? I mean. Uh, you got Arian Smith, you got McConkey, you got Dominic Lovett. Or are you gonna move one of those guys to the outside? That's a good situation. And then uh the the place kicking, I think that's still up for grabs. So this new man, how's he gonna do? Uh, we'll see. Punt returner, the same thing. But uh it was pretty cool the way old uh, eighty seven got out there. I mean, wow. I mean he he does that all the time and makes our, our scout team look good, but it makes our punt team look bad. He's just hard to tackle. I mean, he's got that little juke to him, and he, He's really good. So those would be some of my concerns. Also, maybe the D-line now, uh, losing, you know, Schoen. Uh, well, awesome. And uh, I think that was something that he was – really didn't have much of a choice. And then, you know, I don't think Bear – I mean, that's going to be a – physical situation where we're going to miss him, but I don't think around the locker room, we're going to miss him too much. Uh, players uh, know what it's all about and uh, you want your teammates to uh, adjust to you. I don't think that that's going to be as big an issue. I think our locker room is not going to be worried about that, but um, well, I really like hall on the, on the look, I, I think he's just, he can knock you back and, um, so those are some concerns of mine. And people say about running back, but you know Milton, Paul, and uh, and uh, Robinson didn't play. But some of these younger guys look good. I mean, they they can run. We know what Cash Jones can do, and then we got that kid that they moved from receiver over there to play a little bit. He's got some ability too, and uh, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a fun year. I mean, I I like. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to ride on another team's bus into our stadium and know yeah. we're going to play a team that not lost a the game there in what three years now uh, in the stadium. Uh, I think we're going to be strong.
2: Since our first watch show, <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina right. 19.
0: Right. Yeah. We're, we're never going to live that down, are we? <laughs> All right. Uh, one thing you don't have to look yeah. down. If you make a good decision and swing by our friends over at Athens Ford, uh, you will be very pleased. And again, it's it, when I think about coach talking about teams coming in being a little intimidated into the stadium. You, I can see how you might feel that way. Pulling into the biggest Ford dealership and the best Ford dealership in the area, you pull it over there, and you're maybe a little bit worried about it. You're like, oh my God, there's going to be a high-pressure sales tactic. I'm a little nervous about this. Uh, or are they going to are they going to hassle me? Are they going to give me grief? Are they going to you know push push me in a car I don't want? None of that's going to happen when you go to Athens Ford. Those folks are just incredibly kind, incredibly uh, uh, dedicated to customer service. They want to take care of you, and they want you to leave happy. Uh, On top of which, they have a student discount for uh, recent college graduates or college students. You get $500 off a new Ford vehicle. They have a military discount. So veterans and active duty members of the U.S. military, you too may qualify for a $500 discount. But everybody basically can get the uh, lifetime powertrain warranty or their new certified pre owned vehicles. And it doesn't have to be a Ford, it can be a, a different model, you know, if the, it's under 80,000 miles and not one of those, you know, BMW, Mercedes or something like that. So check out our friends at Athens Ford. They are huge Georgia fans. I know that uh, they've been involved in some of the helping Georgia with some of the NIL stuff. Um, I think they were with, uh, they sponsored something by the Players Lounge, which uh, benefits Georgia's NIL program. Uh, they are die hard Bulldog fans. Again, you'll, you won't find anybody who's a bigger supporter of the program than the folks out at Athens Ford. Uh, there's also, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Your They're celebrating their 15 year anniversary, which makes me feel really old because I remember meeting uh, in the back of a plane on our way to cover the uh, Arizona State game. I met Drew French at the back of a plane, we got to drinking and talking, and it was, uh it became a lifelong friend. But he had, I, it just opened their uh your pie so the first one now they've got 70 locations everybody loves it and they have a deal going on right now for their 15 year anniversary where if you do an order on the app in the month of the remaining days of april you'll get double points for your order so uh, stack up those points get the free pizzas get the free gelatos get the free drinks get the free breadsticks all that stuff that you get through the your pie app uh delivery pickup uh in-house, however you want to do it, go ahead and get your order in with your pie and get the double points and get a lot of free stuff.
1: Yeah, I just want to make a a point about the bus just because it's a great memory here of Barry Switzer. But uh, we had a deal with the local bus people that drove the buses for the other teams. That Part of the deal was before they let the guys out of the locker room uh, to get off the bus, they had to go by the stadium that had the big scoreboard, which faced the, uh, you know, everybody saw the, from the stadium, but in the back of it painted on there was OU Sooners, National Champs, and it had how many years it was. So you had to read that as you rode by there. <laughs> into, and it was just part of the MO. If you wanted to do the other team's bus, you had to make sure that that was a route you would take, to take the teams in there and let them see all that right before they got in there.
2: Uh, coach you you brought up uh, I wrote down five names before the show started you brought up about half of them already so I want to quickly go through these and you just give me a -a rat-a-tat-tat more about these guys as you know them guys that stuck out to me during G-Day I want to start with Makai Muse what more do you know about Makai
1: well he's just a fantastic young man that uh, realizes his you know he has some size issues but uh, he's he really is competitive he's got he showed some really good hands, too. One pass a little behind him, the other one he came. But I haven't seen him shine catching passes like that. I've seen him more in the position of returning kicks and things like that. But, uh, you know, there, there's a role for him. I mean, you you could use him uh, returning kicks for sure. I think you have a hard time getting on the field as a receiver, though, just because of the blocking that, would, that he'd have to do. Although some of the best blockers that I've ever – added receivers are those nuisance kind of guys that kind of, you know, get after you and and scramble you. So uh, he's definitely a a guy we got to look for.
2: You mentioned Aguero off bus. I mean, it's obvious. That guy just looks different than what I'm used to seeing teenagers look like. As a football player, what do we need to know about Aguero?
1: Well, he comes from a a level of ball that maybe – not like georgia high school football but he was dominant in his league and he uh they really placed a high priority on it going after him because they, they he meets that need of being able to be physical enough to stop the run there but also play coverage and uh, and cover people uh, you know from what i understand he's had a good spring and he just got tremendous upside i mean probably has as much potential at that position as anybody we've Brought in uh, since since
2: Kirby's been here. Uh, you mentioned running back Roger Robinson. Uh, in terms of just the pair of Robinsons as big dudes, you don't want to tackle. That seems pretty intimidating.
1: Yeah, the natural uh, thought process is everybody said, like, "Man, that guy's hard to tackle. And he's big and everything." But at the same time, he's got pretty good quickness. I think he came in here a little bit heavy, which is normal for a bigger guy between finishing high school and showing up. I mean, you don't really think about working out that much and he had to make a little bit of an adjustment. I think he could probably still lose a little bit, but uh, what he's been able to do is learn the nuances of pass protection, uh, which is, is very difficult here because you see so many different looks. I mean, you know, they'll walk the linebackers up and then buzz them out or they'll bring an end over and you've got to, pre- got to do a double check and hit one side and then the other. So, Uh, a lot more complex pass pro than say most college teams that run the RPOs and things like that. But he's adjusted well to that and he's benefited just kind of like, like Delp did last spring with uh, and and Gilbert did with Bowers and Washington being hurt. He's been out there without Milton and uh, kind of kept Edwards out a little bit. So uh, he's going to be able to help us. I don't know that he's ready to go, uh, I felt that it would have been good to see Robinson, who's had a tremendous spring. I mean, he took advantage of it. This guy's a power back, scored two touchdowns in the national championship game. Uh, he's the real deal. And I've told you before, going into fall camp, if you had to rate one over the other based on the way they were practicing out there, I thought Paul was a little bit ahead of Robinson. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm high on Paul. I think he's going to be uh, – really good and i like his mental approach the whole time throughout fall when he was recovering from an acl he was out there taking notes he was on top of everything so he was mentally practicing every day which there's no difference between a mental and a physical rep if you put the mental rep into your brain that's really important and he's ready to rock uh, i'm i'm high on uh, paul too i should have just answered robinson but i was going to get it. Uh, you know. I saw AJ Harris on saw... the show. The old coach is fired up. You understand? I'm fired <laughs> up. So if I'm talking, I don't get to talk much. This is my one hour here. And I'm just telling you, do <laughs> not schedule a wedding. Do not schedule. Don't anybody schedule a surgery. Get your ass to Sanford Stadium. It doesn't matter who we're playing. You're there to watch the dogs. This is going to be a special year.
0: Hey, amen. Uh t- Speaking of Branson Robinson, uh, we uh, reported that uh, he had an injury. He and Small both missed the game, and that gave Rod- Roderick Robinson a lot of more opportunities. Uh, you hate for a guy to get those opportunities due to an injury, but uh, Coach would impress me. He had soft hands out of the backfield. They threw to him four times.
1: Yeah, he can catch the ball. Uh, he, he's got, you know, a lot of times those big guys just they really take it as a challenge to, you know, because they say, well. You know, he can run between the tackles, but he can't run outside. Or he can do this, but – and so they work hard on their deficiencies. And uh, we got the master coach team, uh, Del McGee's a tremendous, tremendous coach at uh, coaching fundamentals and teaching guys. And that's why when his guys, even though they got talent and they go to the pros, they know the pro skills when they get there. I mean, they know how to read read the the defensive routes – you know, uh, based on the way they, you know, zone and man and, and and do all those things. And as a coach, when you get a guy out there like Cook or Swift or Sonny Michelle, I mean, you got somebody that can come in there and and day one do all that stuff.
2: Two more players to wrap this up for me: AJ Harris. I saw him all over the field. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I could argue either way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's Blair. I mean, he just got got that instinctive. Bill, he loves to play, and we talked about it on the preview show about first time in Sanford Stadium, you got your juices rolling there, and, you know, man, I'm, last year I was in high school, and now I'm here in front of all these people. And it's just a real thrill to be on the team, and uh, he's got a good motor. And six finally, dera Smiths.
0: One second. He, he, AJ Harris had six tackles, which led the red team. He also had a pass breakup. So, in your, you know, big lights, big stage, you lead the team in tackles. I spoke to his dad before the game. Uh, just saw him waiting for them to do the kind of dog walk through there. That that is a huge Georgia fan too. That man yeah. is. Uh, he'll be
1: he'll be a special teams demon. Yeah,
0: L- like that kind uh, of. Darius
2: Smith's biggest fan with Darius Senior. Darius Smith's second biggest fan is probably Dane Young. When I saw him <laughs> coach running with Brock Bowers down the field, I got even more excited because people that size should not be able to run with Brock Bowers.
1: Yeah, th- this guy's got just innate ability, and he's got the, the attitude and the work habits, and he got a lot of good reps last year. Uh, you know, was hurt for a little bit, but uh, rising star right there. This guy is going to be, you know, has a lot of the same qualities that, that uh, Anderson, you know, Adam had. I mean, just big, long arms, can can play the run, can play pass, can rush the passer, just a hybrid guy, you know, like you have a hybrid tight end that can line up and move around. He can do that. He can play outside. He can play, you know, stack back and mirror the quarterback. He can play people out of the backfield. Uh, really fired up about him. I, I think he's one of our top 15,
0: 16 defensive players. And, and we haven't even got to mention Jalen Walker because he couldn't play. But I think when I think versatile oh. Oh. inside outside guy, too, I'm like, have you seen Jalen
1: lately? since – Have you seen him? Yeah, I mean, he was cut when he got here.
0: <laughs> I ran but, into him in public, so I was a little scared. He, Friendliest guy in the world, but go on. He, he,
1: I don't know what his body fat is, but couldn't be much. But this this guy is really cut, and he he, he wants to be out there. And the way they practice with those guys that, that can't have contact, it's good, though, because they do a lot of physical work, you know, movement-wise and, Lining up, and Coach Schumann will have him reading things and just playing things behind the starter there in the walkthroughs and all. And he's been in there mentally. I mean, when well, you talk about competition there at linebacker, I mean, you got Pop, who was an all conference guy. You got Munden. Everybody brags about, you know, sorry, they, you know, sorry to Kirby say so he's probably among the best athletes we have here. And then you got all those young linebackers, and then you got Walker. Have to move Walker around some and play him on the edge too for rushing the passer. And uh, he he just, and then we we hadn't even mentioned uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Good lord. Uh,
0: And just another five star, you know, no big deal. I'm just telling
1: you, Marvin Jones Jr. and Michael Williams and uh, uh, Walker walked into uh, any place and there was any trouble there, those people would leave. (laughs) You know, we back. always
2: talk about the young guys. That if you remember, like two years ago, when you had the transfer of Eric Stevenson, you had the transfer of Latavius Brini. It was well, who's going to step up here, and it was Christopher Smith. And he just a team leader. He'll be drafted in the NFL draft. These older guys that Georgia keeps around and keeps contributing. Like that's going to help when Bear Alexander isn't there. The fact that you have a Zion Logue, uh, the fact you have an Azir Stackhouse there. So these older guys that are kind of the staples of the team. And work with those young guys. I think on the defensive line specifically, that's going to be
1: crucial for Georgia in 2023. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And uh, Michael Williams, even though he's only been here a year, uh, maybe 14 months, uh, he got here last January. He's a leader. And it, just because he's such a uh, hard worker, stays after practice. But let me tell you something that guy knows every position. He can. He can bring it out. He talks about everybody's skill level. He knows the offensive players, too. Let me tell you, when you – really, when you got guys out there that uh, study the game and love the game, uh, uh, you're among your peers. It's always nice to be recognized among your peers. And uh, I had occasion to uh, be in a training room about two or three weeks ago, and Michael was in there right after he had his – surgery which was really more of a deal about a nuisance thing that he'd had since he'd been here and it's going to make him a lot better but his knowledge of the different players and uh, even knew their nicknames and all that stuff you know some of these guys got nicknames and i would never thought of but he really could he couldn't tell me their real name but he knew their nickname but i was just going down asking about some guys and uh, pretty vivid Analyzation by Michael about these different players.
0: I'd like to know what his nickname for Bear was.
1: History. <laughs>
0: Damn, didn't miss a beat. Coach off the top rope. All right, I, well, I, think,
1: I think if you do a survey of the UGA staff and players, uh, I don't think there's a lot of worry there in that situation. No,
0: no uh, I will say this. We we break a lot of news at UGA Sports, and we um, give a lot of insights. We wrote some notes up before the game started, uh, before the uh, practice started uh, on Friday, and a lot of those notes came true. And pat ourselves on the back for that. But they, um, and we knew that uh, there had been talk about Bear transferring earlier uh, between the semesters, and uh, apparently he was talked into staying. I didn't realize how much he wasn't well liked by some of his teammates. And We're I liken this.
1: on the guy, but just the fact that he announced it today at G Day, that pretty much tells you.
0: Yeah, that, that was tacky. Uh, so, you know, for hey, the poster, go ahead. I was going to say, think back to the Brenton Cox situation. You lose a good player. Brenton Cox is a good player. We can crap on him all we want, but Brenton, Brenton will play. Uh, Bear Alexander is a good player. George will miss his production. But Kirby Smart always talks about leadership and the intangibles and the connection. And he says this is the most connected team he's had, on, you know, since he's been here. And that is imperative when you're going for that third championship. You know, you have you guys that- it. You know, got to work on that
1: psyche, but I'd say the difference between Fair and uh, Brenton Cox and Sean Alexander, is, is that Sean Washington. Sean Washington. Fair yeah. uh, decided to leave. Those other two didn't have a choice, I don't think.
0: Yeah, very fair, very fair. I, uh, Dane, you got to ask coach, you know, about some guys that you want to, I want to do the same, but first I want to mention our, our friends over, and by the way, I'm here at Classic City Eats. So if you're wondering what this is behind me, it's a golf simulator. And I could be out into with the, uh, the general population for the people who are eating lunch here at uh, Classic City Eats, but the place is packed. So I'm like, Hey, let me get a room that's a little bit quieter. So I came back to their golf simulation room where you can actually come to Classic City Eats tee up golf balls and play courses, play some very famous courses. You hit the ball, it goes up against the, uh, uh, screen behind me. It detects the trajectory of the ball, the speed of it, the spin of it. And it simulates your ball landing on the golf course. And, you know, you hit a driver, then you hit a, uh, a, yeah, eight iron, then you putt, you know, it's, it's a really neat system they have set up here Classic Seats. It's a lot of fun. You need to come try it. You can rent the room, come play with some of your buddies. You'll have a good time. Well, I want our friends over at, uh, uh, I'm losing my t- thought there. Dead Soxy. Check out our friends at Dead Soxy. They have some great uh, red and black socks. We saw people who went to the Georgia game, you know, to the G-Day scrimmage this past Saturday. They need some help with their attire. They need some lucky socks. Try the socks over at uh, uh, Dead Soxy. You'll absolutely love them. They come in red, they come in black. They come in the, the Georgia Stripes. Uh, use promo code UGA sports to get 20% off your order. We've not, I've yet to have anybody who tried them and said, I didn't like them. Everybody that has bought them on our site, and there's been a ton of them said, I love these socks. They're the most comfortable that that I've ever had. They don't slip down and I'm going to get more of them. That's the only sock I'll buy from now on. So check out our friends at dead socks. Use promo code UGA sports to get 20% off your first order. Okay. Also mentioned uh, my perfect franchise. That's also been something a lot of our readers at UGA Sports have tried out. People who watch the show have also tried it out. If you want to get out of your dead end job, if you want to get out of the rat race, you want to you know you're in middle management and you just you don't see a future for you, and you know that you are limited. I mean, what you're making now might be as much as you'll ever make at the job you're at. So why not become your own boss? Why not have you know be the person that all the money comes to? You know, pay your employees. Um, So but how do you get started? Well, that's where My Perfect Franchise comes in. Those folks uh, can guide you through it. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't they're not there to make money off of you. Uh, You reach out to them and say, here's what I've here's what I'm thinking. They have three thousand different options that they can uh, work with you on. So head to My Perfect Franchise, look for Adam Ludecki, look for former uh, pitcher, uh, Braves pitcher uh beachy and they will walk you through the, the process and help you out uh with that so hit them up all right coach uh i get to ask some questions now about some guys that i want to talk about or just what your thoughts on and a couple guys stood out to me down on the sideline uh i thought that uh and of course i like the i like the big boys i want i want your thoughts on three guys uh, austin blasky uh monroe freeling and uh um, the other left tackle who's chris green, Ernest green. I t- Monroe Freeling is a giant <laughs> he's just I was like who the hell is that so but I thought that uh if, if they were wearing a visor and you couldn't see the face uh bigger on the screen looked like Andrew Thomas out there from a body standpoint and you see Blasky out there I saw him drive one guy and put him on a you know drive him way out on a um uh, on a play to the left there I, I don't know what to make of that battle but I want your thoughts on those guys
1: <laughs> well, talking about freely, you know, the thing that he brings to the table with just enormous length, uh very young guy, but uh, he being able to come in here and work all spring and go against the competition is going to really help him. And he's going to have a chance to really put a lot of bulk on as far as just maybe not weight, but just strength uh, with uh, Scott Sinsclair here for the next three months. So, uh, he's got the foot movement uh he really is a pretty intelligent player too uh playing right and left tackle from what i understand throughout the spring so a uh, future player here future starter i mean he's a guy that just uh you can plug in down the road it's going to be a player as far as blasky you know he's been around he's done he's played guard center tackle uh you know we all know he's a wrestler he, he's very a tough guy and uh anything he might Uh, miss as far as quickness or other areas. He knows the knowledge of assignment and uh, he's a veteran guy. Uh, You know, it's just where you've got to decide, are you going to go with the potential or, or a guy that's maybe a little more established. So Ernest Green, you know, comes from a unbelievable background. His dad was a pro football tackle. Uh, Just comes out with enormous ability, ability. and, you know, you want him to be better than he probably is right now just because he looks so good. But he really has taken advantage of uh, having that surgery and, and, and has come back and had a great spring. And uh, it'll be, a, you know, kind of like quarterback in the fall. I mean, both these guys are going to fight for that position. And Lasky can also give you a kind of a guy that can play center and guard too. So – uh a veteran type guy. He's kind of like uh, when when we had sixty last year, Erickson. You know, a guy that we knew that was that could play, and if we needed him, he could go in, and we wouldn't uh, wouldn't hurt our whole line. I think that's why. Whether Blasky's a starter yet, I don't know. I can't. I'm not grading those guys that. Really I, I know he's uh, certainly deserving of it, and if he's ready to go, they'll put him in there as a starter. But Ernest. It's kind of like Mims was, you know, I can't wait to get Mims in there, but we had McClendon and he just wouldn't give the job, up. but uh, it's, it's a good situation there left tackle. All
0: right. Then you would hit up some questions
1: there.
2: Let's get the questions from our, Subscribers over at UGA Sports. Tom, obviously, uh, coach. People wanting to know about quarterback, and um, so here we go. Does coach think that quarterback race is over with Beck looking so much better than the other two? If not, what does Beck need to do to improve to in to nail down that position? That question's from Cajun Dog.
1: Well, I covered that the first of the show, and I don't want to be repetitive, but he certainly has had a good spring, and uh, you know has the. Lead up on it based on all the reps he's had, but I don't think it's over with just because I know what Vandergriff's capable of as far as uh, potential and uh, and what he brings to the table. A different vibe there with the way he plays. Uh, everybody knows how hard it is to defend a quarterback that can run the zone read, they can run the quarterback draw, they can get out of trouble, they can do all those things that uh, Stetson Bennett did, which uh, you, you, you never want to make your team in the memory of the guy that just left, but we saw the success factor with this. So I, I just think uh, Beck certainly got the edge right now, but I don't think that it's so much of an edge that you can say he's going to be the guy until he just wins it outright. But that's just me looking at it because I see the potential that Vandergrift brings, but also see a lot – Moxie there with Beck, the way he handles the team, uh, you know, the way he just looked very uh, smooth out there Saturday, and he's looked smooth in the past, but uh, we'll have to see.
2: UJLM95 says, I have a question. Does Brock Vandergriff end up at Oklahoma or USC? The comment "At Gunnar Stockton is the next stud quarterback at Georgia. What are your thoughts?
1: I don't see Brock leaving here just because I think he feels like he still has the opportunity to be the quarterback. He can graduate. I think next d- December, uh, you know, he's a he real good student. Uh, he's got a good base there of friends that he really likes being around. You know, you're not with the football team all the time. Which, what, Who are the people you like to be around? I mean, he, he's got a – you heard him talking about living with uh, with uh, 32 and Brock uh, Bowers, They, they, uh, you know, Chaz uh, Chambliss, he lives with him. Uh, those guys, you know – You remember back when you were in college, your roommates are your friends for life. And uh, it's hard to leave a situation like that uh, unless you're just really discontented. And I don't see him being like that. I'm not speaking for him. He could go somewhere else. But uh, I think he's still got a chance to win the job there.
2: Well, and this is a cheeky comment that I made to someone I text with a lot about Georgia football. I said, even if Vandergriff doesn't win the job, It's. I mean, odds are we've seen this happen twice in the last five, six years. That if there's a two to three week injury for Beck, that he wouldn't ever get the job again. Like we saw that with Bennett over Daniels, we saw it with Fromm over Eason.
1: Yeah, that can happen too. So I mean, we've talked about it. There's luck can happen between now and the first game. You got 29 practice opportunities. You got all the summer seven on seven. You got. But we, what we have now that we've never had before until the last couple of years is that eight hours a week that you can work with your coaches and teammates. And uh, now they, they've even instituted where you can – it used to be you can do walkthroughs and all, but you couldn't have a football out there. Now you can even have a football, to, which I think is great. It's hard to run a route without throwing a pass. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I think it's a good move by the NCA to let them do that. So a lot of training between, and where it really helps you is these younger guys that went through all the fall, I mean, all the practices this spring, but they know how to line up now, and they know the physical capabilities of what to do. Now they can get all those mental reps between now and and when fall camp starts. So if you just go back and get a chronological deal about the installation of our groupings and our team, of practice, I mean, the, the national championship ended, then you had weight training, and then you had uh, – look. then the coaches got back off the road. So you had the first install where they put everything in, and then they had spring break, and then they came back and then installed it again, and then they started spring practice, and then they put it in a little bit at a time, and then they finished all of it. Now they'll go back and they'll start over and install it again. You go over about four different times where you start from scratch. And even though you, you've learned it, you learn it again. And then by the time the fall comes, you've really had a lot of uh, reps to do this. Practice that. question
2: from Blocker57. <laughs> what makes George's practice so different from everyone else's and why haven't other programs copied that structure?
1: I don't think that it's different from everybody else's to the point where it's uh, demonstrative type difference, but I, I do feel like that the the level of intensity that's demanded out there is maybe a little more here than than most places. Now, you know, Kirby brought that kind of mo from uh, Alabama here, where you know they do that stuff. And I would say the biggest difference is the way they utilize the down the line players. You know, everybody gets your first and second team guys ready with reps but we give threes and fours a little more time and it might take away from the ones and twos but boy it really helps them when it's their time to shine and it and it keeps them engaged because the coaches are watching them you know they're seeing them do things instead of just being on the scout team and uh you you know it's just uh i'd I'd say that's the biggest thing is the, the the way you use everybody and then the uh, something I used to do when I would give speeches or, you know, motivational. Th- you know, the only thing we got that's, that's the same is the time. How do you allot your time? What do you do with the, the time that you have during the course of the day? Uh, I used to say to our players, if they think we're working hard, what do you think? Tennessee and Florida aren't practicing. I mean, how are we using the time and getting the most out of it? Uh, we do a tremendous job of practice organization and utilizing our players where they're developing skills that are ones that they use in the games, all their drills are based on that. And uh, that's the way Kirby sets it up, but uh, where they get challenged in practice and do a lot of drill work. But the overriding thing is we go ones versus ones and two versus two. So there's not any let up. I mean, you're in a survival mode when you're out there covering a guy that's, probably as good as somebody going to be in the game. You can't cut it slack. And the last thing is they got a GPS on you. And if your ass is slacking and you're not going 100 miles an hour and up to your ability, they got three guys reading those computers and they go over there and tell Kirby and that's the worst thing that could ever happen to you is you're not going 100 miles an hour because he's going to embarrass your ass and tell you, hey, well, you know, hey, came in here. You big time freshman, you know you can't go 100 miles an hour. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Whatever it might be, or hey, you maybe y'all didn't do this in Missouri, but we're going to have ball security here, Don, Don and whatever it might be. But uh, head coach, the head coach puts the heat
0: on you. He does. Uh, We had the rivals camp in Atlanta this past Saturday or Sunday, so after G day, we went down there. We interviewed a lot of the top players in the nation. Found a diamond in the rough, Christopher Jones out of uh, Mississippi, maybe one of the best natural linebackers I've ever seen. did Not only have, doesn't have a power five offer, I went up and talked to him just because of the face he was making when he walked in. That dude looked serious, and he looked like a player. So talked to him. He visited Georgia last week. Um, they want him to come back and camp this uh, uh, fall, uh, summer, and I'm thinking that kid needs to have about 50 power five offers. But he said that when he was watching the inside linebackers, he said, that showed me he's been to other schools. He said, that showed me what SEC inside linebackers are supposed to look like and what they're supposed to do. I talked to some other guys, what's practice like at Georgia who visited recently? And they said, it's so intense. There is no downtime. They're constantly – and he, they each one said a Coach. And if Kirby catches you slipping, he's going to light you up, you know. And, I mean, they've been to Clemson. They've been to other schools. And they say Georgia is just different from that intensity standpoint. So it's not that they're uh, – like you said, everyone has the same amount of time, but he says there's just no wasted movement. And we keep hearing that over and over again from the uh, recruits that we talk to. And it, oh, you it's. You go out there, y'all
1: get, you get 10 or 15 minutes. You, have you ever seen anything with where people are standing
0: around when you go out there? No, actually, he screams at us because we were leaving. So we get like 13 minutes or something. And at the end of period three, uh, that's our time, and you know the sports information people saying, "Okay, let's go. Time to go. You, you, you head off." And Kirby starts ripping the media for not moving fast enough to get off this damn field. Like, he his paper, really. <laughs> he just. So, his I'm like, "Want you to get your ass in here. Yeah, he's like, "What do we? What do we?" I think he's like turning to the cops. Do we need to arrest them to get them off the field? Or say, not nah, seriously, but he was he he wants. That's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good. So he he cracked us up.
2: I heard that uh, at Augusta National when the media passes, they have like a a tracker, essentially a GPS, like in the credential. Maybe maybe that's something Kirby gets instituted for all y'all, Roddy.
0: Hell, if he let us come out there a little bit more, I'd, I'd be I'd be okay with it. Hey, I'll put up some numbers against the rest of the beat media. I tell you that.
2: You also put up some numbers over at Academia Brewing Company.
0: You're there all the time. I am there all the time. Our friends at Academia Brewing Company have fantastic beer. They have fantastic food. It's a great place if you want to have a corporate event. If you want to go sit on the beer garden, the weather last couple of days, guys, come on, it's been phenomenal. How good would it be if you were sitting outside on the little covered patio or in the open beer garden there, drinking fantastic beer, their killer IPAs, their uh, uh, their the darker beers, their you know summer ales, all the fun stuff they have over there, eating great food watching the Braves on the big screen you know it's just a great place to go hang out uh, have enjoying bike night enjoying their car shows that they have out there enjoy their live music uh, try our friends out at academia Brewing Company I guarantee you won't have a better time in Athens because it's just so much good stuff to do out there and again Matt Casey and the folks who run that place they're giant Georgia fans uh, you will be supporting folks who support the dogs and speaking of some people who we can guarantee you a good time with low effort. I want to mention our friends at Prime Shrimp. Now, Prime Shrimp is a company that basically does, you know, uh, frozen shrimp, perfectly seasoned, boil-in bag convenience, sent to your home. I mean, that's a very simple structure. We make perfectly peeled and deveined shrimp, uh, seasoned wonderfully, sent to your house. Uh, You just uh, boil it up, cut open the bag, drop it onto whatever you want, and you got it made. It's keto-friendly, it's gluten-free, it's paleo-friendly, and it's even Whole30-friendly. And I don't even know what the hell Whole30 is, but apparently it's friendly for that, too. So hit up our friends at Prime Shrimp. Use promo code UGASports.com, or just, excuse me, UGA Sports. You get 20% off your first order. I guarantee if you like shrimp, you will love Prime Shrimp. They're out of New Orleans. You know some of the best shrimp you've ever had in your life. Comes from New Orleans. Those guys are at the heart of it. They do great work with it, so check them out when you get a chance. <coughs>
2: Let's wrap it up with three quick questions. This from Billy Zane. Um, I know that we shouldn't take too much away from individual performances on G-Day, good or bad. That said, are there things that coaches will place more well on because it's closer to the real game or atmosphere um, compared to just reps in a practice?
1: Yeah, just the fact you're out there in front of a crowd. Uh, you've got the uh, timing issues with the you know everything involved. Uh, the things that can happen during the course of a game a lot of times you can't script in practice you can work on it but then all of a sudden you you, you have a penalty that maybe you hadn't thought about or whatever it might be uh substitution issues uh, that was the one thing that was really good too is because it's hard to get it's hard enough to get your scout team i mean your special team's good in and out of the game when you're playing a game but to do it for two teams i thought that was pretty smooth the way they were able to interact and get all those things going and have different punters and snappers and all that stuff so uh, but I, but i thought you know they had were able to do some two-minute offense at the end of the game they had some situations where they had third short and all that so i was happy with that
2: i think this question is related to bear alexander dW says do you think there's any rules that will be put in place regarding nil use of it to entice recruits also can anything be done about tampering
1: I wish there were. I mean, good, no and no. certainly out there, but right now there's no guardrails. It's uh, rich get richer. And uh, as far as tampering, uh, it's like that. You know, I'm not going to tell that joke, but it, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's really a situation. Bro. That's going to be
2: for a dawn and after dark. We'll save got that.
1: Agent, <laughs> got agents working these, these kids, and people are telling them outside the confines of their school. Hey, boy, you should go here. You could play here, all that. And the grass looks greener and all that. But I, I wish we'd get better uh, guardrails, that's for sure. And,
2: and finally, Phil Rogers, I, don't, I don't see
1: anything
0: coming.
2: Phil Rogers asked uh, Coach Donnan, will we get any commits anytime soon? Rumors versus facts on this YouTube channel. Talked about it a lot last night. Social media was pretty busy talking about Georgia recruiting last night.
1: Yeah, I think... Uh, we're on the verge of, uh, of of a big one there. I hope that you just don't know when when uh, Real is going to drop, but all the signs look good for him. I can't, I don't have any inside information on it, but I can tell you though it'll be like Niagara Falls if you do get that guy. The the it'll be people coming on, uh, you know, joining the group here, uh, uh, which uh, you know, best quarterback in the country. Hopefully, it won't be long before we get him.
0: It could be a twofer because if you get him, then you might get Jaden uh, uh out of Missouri, that uh, six-foot-four tight end.
1: I noticed where he said he was going to make a visit here. I tell you, that summer visit group in June, the guys that are coming in here look like oh, June, uh, June June 2nd. College football players. Uh, I mean, uh, we're going to probably have to have somebody staked out over there at the Spring Hill Suites to see those guys. Damn straight. That's so a is that, yeah, is that the last question. That's it. All right. I got joke here for you. So, uh, there's this guy riding this Harley that he's riding up in, uh, in the mountains and he's not doing a very good job with it. And all of a sudden this deer comes out and he goes in a ditch and, uh, he just kind of days and his forehead's all messed up and he kind of staggers out and kind of walks up toward the road. And about this time, uh, this nice looking lady drives up in a Mercedes and said, sir, can I help you? And he said, well, I don't know. I said, I'm, I'm just drove my Harley in the ditch. I'm really not sure. She said, well, I'm a nurse. Uh, why, why don't you come with me and maybe I can help you uh, put a bandage on you and get you ready. I don't live very far from here. He said, well, I don't know about that. My wife probably wouldn't like that. She said, Oh, don't worry about it. I said, I'll, I'm a nurse. I'll take care of it. So he gets in there and he drives over there with her. And she puts the bandage on him. And he's feeling a little better. And she said, What would you like? Something to drink and everything. He said, Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling that great, but I wouldn't mind having a beer. And so he has a couple beers. And uh, she said, Well, uh, is there anything else? He said, Well, you know, my wife's probably not going to like this. I probably need to get back and everything she said don't worry about it said, "Hey, we're just be comfortable here and everything will be all right and so he has a couple more beers she asked him for if he wants one more and she said, look you know my wife's really not gonna like this so this is not right for me to be here and she said well where is she and he said well she's in the harley in the ditch <laughs> 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 All right, let's put up with the old coach here. And,
0: uh, <laughs> and on that note, folks, that this, is the end of our Tuesday show. Uh, so we appreciate this is, it.
1: Now, this might be my last show because I was so positive that I'll probably get back to Kirby that I was positive <laughs> and he'll say, What are you talking about? But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am.
0: I mean, I am, we can
2: trash the team next week if you want to talk about it. Really I'm
1: just being realistic. It's going to still be, it's still a work in progress, but. Uh, i tell you something last night that I was really, that was really touching was uh, at the hall of fame deal that Lauren Smith does such a good job. You know, we got the largest hall of fame uh, group in the country here as far as membership and everything. And uh, they came and they presented the, you know, just made the announcement about coach Rick, which I think was tremendous and it was good to sit there with him and talk over the course of the night and, uh, and with him and Catherine, but, Also, they uh, gave an award to uh, Craig Silver, who's been a lifelong friend of mine from CBS Sports for contribution to uh, college football. And Craig did a great job of uh, talking about Georgia and how much CBS loved to come to town here and what a great support system we had and all that. And then uh, they gave an award to uh, Kirby's dad for contribution to football, C.J. Smart. You know, he just thought Sonny Smart's – over the years, he's been a tremendous high school coach. But the guy that presented it to him was Kirby Smart. Really? And the pride and the emotion that you don't usually see from Kirby publicly that I know that he's all about, to have his family recognized like that. His brother was there. His sister couldn't make it. But uh, his mother was there and then his kids. And uh, to, to recognize their grandpa and, and his his father uh, and the way Kirby talked about him, it was just very, uh, very special.
0: That's awesome. Well done, Kirby. I love it. I right, folks. That's all the time we have for this week's show uh, on those positive notes. Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe we won't. depends on the, uh, you know, saying nice things about Kirby presenting awards and how good his team's going to be. Uh, he doesn't like it, but, uh, at least I, I'll be here. Maybe Coach Don will be, get yanked. They'll give him the old heave-ho. George uh, is going back. eight and four. That worked last year, right? <laughs> eight and four. Let's go. Everybody says you're going to go in five and seven after winning your first title. Curry will get him brainwashed before it's all said and done, as Christopher Smith said. Anyway, folks, we'll see you next Tuesday at noon. Uh, take care, and uh, we'll see you then.